Regina Davis, NARIC's Director of Communications. Thank you for joining us for today's Power Walk. And we're joined today by Commissioner Odagu Obi Linton of the Maryland Public Service Commission. Thank you so much for joining us today, Commissioner Linton. Thank you for having me, Regina. Great. So before we jump into today's topic, can you tell us a little bit about your committee that you chair for NARU, Consumers and the Public Interest? Sure. And thanks again for having me on the Power Walk podcast and for NARU for sponsoring for this. I think this is an important opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, this committee. Uh, the Consumers and Public Interest Committee uh, was originally called the Consumer Affairs Committee. Uh, and that's, that should be a name that's familiar and recognizable to most commissions and utilities across the country. Uh, they all tend to have an office or people within their particular technical staff who are responsible for responding directly to consumers who have challenges working with regulated utilities or entities that the commission may license. Uh, the Consumer and Public Interest Committee is a melting pot of all of those different entities. We're able to meet together, share lessons learned, different experiences, uh, solutions to problems that impacted one state but may not have impacted others. Uh, and so we're able to learn together and to uh, share those, that knowledge within that room. Uh, so the committee has both a technical or support staff uh, and a commissioner committee. And the commissioner committee does pretty much the same thing. Uh, we're able to interact and share and, and grow together uh, to gather information and knowledge about how each of us are able to solve different challenges that might arise. Uh, the committee also provides learning opportunities for uh, other commissioners that are not members of the committee uh, through the NARUC uh, class, uh, NARUC uh, conferences and educational uh, series. Uh, we're able to provide panels, workshops, et cetera, and, and oftentimes add the consumer element to any of the other panels that other committees might offer uh, to make sure that uh, as regulators learn more and make important decisions about how to grow and maintain the industry, uh, that they also keep in mind the impact that those decisions will have on consumers. So as you said, there are a lot of challenges right now. And what are some of the most pressing issues facing utility consumers right now? Well, so there's, there's really two primary primary issues and challenges. Uh, the first one, I think, is the most obvious, which is uh, you know, any news network will show you uh, our economy is struggling right now. And so as the economy struggles, uh, utility costs for both the natural gas, electricity, and all of the other different regulated commodities, and even those that are not regulated but are still considered utilities, uh, those services become more expensive. And so consumers uh, have to figure out how to resolve, how to pay those for those services as they use them. Uh, and in some instances, those services are, are vital uh, to the day-to-day -day living. And so it's really not really an option to not have it available. Uh, so the cost of electricity increases, the cost of uh, natural gas increases. Uh, so that's a challenge uh, for consumers to face uh, across uh, all of the different states that are in, in represented in neighborhood. Uh, but the second challenge is also fairly obvious, but I guess it's slowing a little bit in, in, in uh, popularity in terms of uh, media coverage. Uh, but we are emerging from the pandemic shutdowns. 
And a lot of our utility companies are starting to return to what they would call business as usual or the original collection practices that existed prior to uh, the initiation of the pandemic moratoriums. Now, those moratoriums are now expiring. And so, and in some cases, have expired already. And so our utility companies would like to return to uh, conduct business in the way they were before. And some instances, consumers are ready for that and have you know, uh, prepared themselves for it and financially are capable of continuing in the way they used to. In other instances, they're not. And so uh, it's important for a committee like Consumers and Public Interest to make sure regulators and members of the industry are familiar with and are reminded by the real-life day-to-day experiences that consumers face uh, throughout all of the service territories in the country. There aren't any that don't have low-income customers or customers that are financially challenged. So uh, those are the the big issues of the day. Okay, so I think that that's a good segue to our topic today. Uh, At the NARU Summer Policy Summit in San Diego next month, attendees will have an opportunity to participate in a poverty simulation. So can you walk us through the poverty simulation? What is it and why were you and uh, your CPI committee interested in using this resource? Sure. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, the, the poverty simulation uh, actually predates uh, both the pandemic uh, and it even uh, it predates the current economic downturn that we're struggling through now. Uh, we started it uh, about three years ago as for the very first time. And the primary goal and purpose of it was to give regulated uh, regulators, members of the industry, utility industry, an opportunity to directly experience uh, the day-to-day life uh, in a in a min- minor or miniature format. Uh, what it what it feels like to be and live in a world of poverty. Uh, we know that there are some of us who have who grew up in poverty. There's some of us who face those challenges, or perhaps maybe even new people uh, personally or members of your family uh, who face poverty situations, uh, and then were able to overcome them. Uh, this is a, for those kind of folks, it would be a reminder. Uh, but for others, uh, especially for regulators who make decisions on a regular basis about uh, what impacts, uh, or re- make regular decisions about the utility industry, it's important for them to think about what those decisions, what impact those decisions will have on the consumers that will ultimately end up uh, paying the bill, you know, the ones that live on the other side of the meter. And so it's, it oftentimes doesn't, doesn't reach its way through. Uh, so because the, the utility industry can be very focused on the matters directly in front of a commissioner or in front of a, a, a regular, regulatory body. Uh, so just as an example, if you're interacting with a rate case, you, you are thinking about the numbers and the, the analysis that's presented before you. And it might not always come to, come to the front of mind that there's a real life financial impact that these, these decisions will have on consumers. And if it is $10, $20, whatever that increase might be, what does that really mean? How is that really going to impact someone who uh, makes a significantly less amount of money than people that you may know and work with and interact with on a daily basis? So, the poverty simulation gives you a chance in a very small way 
uh, to spend some time to interact in that world. So you can see what it's like to live on a smaller amount of money. And it's somewhat humbling to realize that there aren't just people in the in America or in the United States that live that way on a regular basis, uh, but there are people that work within the utility industry that have incomes that would be considered low or moderate income. Uh, so uh, in some cases, they may actually be members of the technical staff of our commissions. Uh, so it's important to think about and to keep that in mind. And it's not something that only needs to be raised once in a while, uh, but it's the kind of decision that should impact uh, every uh, kind of issue that should impact every decision that a commission faces along the lines of safety, reliability, consumer impact. That's really the way I would think. Okay, and this is not the first time, this won't be the first time that you've done a poverty uh, simulation. And the first activity uh, a few years ago seemed to draw many participants. And what sort of feedback did you get after the first simulation? Well, yes, the first simulation was actually, uh, I will say, overbooked. Uh, we had more people than we had space for. Uh, space is limited. Uh, we are, it's free, of course, to everyone who's registered to participate in Nehru. Uh, but uh, there are going to be hundreds of people who, and perhaps even more than hundreds, maybe even under a thousand, that will be at Nehru. Uh, but we don't have room for that many. Uh, so the first time we had overwhelming response. Uh, unfortunately, there were people that were just they had just had to watch as opposed to actually participate. Uh, the feedback that we received was glowing. Uh, it was uh, very, very well received. Quite a few elected, uh, excuse me, regulators, uh, members of the industry, uh, stakeholders. Uh, con- they, they made comments and said things like uh, eye-opening, uh, life-changing, uh, the kinds of feedback that we expected and we had hoped to have. Uh, we Even to this day, we have elected elected officials, but uh, we know they'll be there. Uh, But uh, we have people who said uh, very clearly that uh, even to this day, they are still thinking very much so about the experience they had in that one afternoon and how it impacts a lot of their decisions that they make even today. Wow, that that shows a, a great impact that you that you made on people, and that must feel really good. That must give you a very good sense of accomplishment. And I, I understand that um, this experience you want to build on that first uh, activity. And so, are you going to do anything a little bit differently? Do you have different expectations for this particular poverty simulation? Um, well, the second time is always uh, a little different from first. Uh, we are trying to keep a lot of it the same because it was so very well received the first time. Uh, but we have made a few minor little tweaks uh, to hopefully enhance the experience a little more for uh, everyone who participates. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, I'll tell you that uh, at least uh, if you participated in it before, uh, you can still do it a second time and you'll have a very different experience. Uh, so uh, anybody who thinks to themselves, oh, I did it last year, I don't need to come back, uh, I would beg to differ. Uh, even within the experience itself, uh, if you, for example, 
uh, served in a particular capacity, maybe as a participant the first time. Engaging in the simulation as a volunteer this time is a completely different experience. Uh, definitely not the same as you had the first time. Uh, and even if you come back again, not as a volunteer, but again as a participant, uh, you'll have a completely different responsibility, a different role, and your experience will be very different. So uh, feel free to return if you didn't, if you were there before. And if this is your first time, uh, you will, uh, you probably won't notice the little changes that we've made because this will be the first one. But um, one of the things you'll hope, I hope you'll notice is that uh, we tried to modify it slightly to reflect the uh, current economic environment and the fact that many are still recovering from COVID. So that's, that's all safe for now. So you talk about being a volunteer uh, and being a participant. Can you uh, break down for us the difference between uh, being a volunteer in the activity versus just being a participant in the activity? Sure. So uh, the, the poverty simulation is a, it, it simulates the daily life or daily experiences of a person that lives in, in poverty. So even though a person is living in poverty, they're still part of a larger community course, living within our particular country and our states and our region. So they engage on a regular basis uh, with different portions of society. So our volunteers represent all of the different entities that a consumer or a person living in poverty has to engage with. Uh, so our volunteers would be uh, store owners, um, rep- people who work in banks, uh, people who work in different social services offices people who work at a utility office, uh, even a pawn shop. We have law enforcement, we have schools uh, or teachers. Uh, So we have people who will play what I'll call a character or a role in a society in which person who lives in poverty must engage on a regular basis. So those will be our volunteers. And they're critical to the the entire experience. Uh, at, At the simulation, they'll be trained. Uh, we'll provide them with all the information they need to know on how to provide, how to conduct their role within the context of the simulation. And uh, they won't, uh, they'll be able to, in some cases, have a partner or friend working with them. So you're not standing there by yourself. Uh, so if you ever had interest in working in a social services office or perhaps being a medical practitioner, a doctor or a nurse, uh, or even working as a law enforcement officer, uh, within the poverty simulation for a couple of hours, you'll be able to do that. Uh, and you'll have all of the experiences that a person has doing that in a society. Now, if you're a participant, you are the person living in poverty. And so there are a wide range of different circumstances or scenarios that uh, could be part of your daily experience. And we will have information for you on what your experience is and what your tasks are things that you have to accomplish on a daily basis uh, as part of your simulated period of time in the simulation. Uh, so you know, you'll live for approximately three months in the simulation, all simulated down to time. So it'd be a couple of, be about 20 minutes for a month. For a month. And during that period of time, you'll have to experience and interact with our volunteers in their particular areas. 
uh, and there will be challenges for you to overcome along the way. So it is a very unique. You could probably participate in it 10 different times and have 10 different experiences and, and learn a little bit each time. So I certainly would encourage anyone that uh, has some curiosity about it uh, to sign up and participate. Uh, you won't regret it. So as you were talking, uh, it came to mind that not only could someone participating in this activity gain understanding of what it's like to live in poverty, but you might gain a better understanding of what it feels like for someone who's in a customer service role, who works in healthcare, law enforcement, et cetera, maybe some of their uh, frustrations as, as well. Absolutely. We actually had some very interesting feedback from volunteers uh, the first time. Uh, people who ran our pawn shop, uh, people who ran our, our local store and our bank. Uh, the school was very interesting. Uh, and the one that I found to be extremely interesting was our medical practitioner uh, and some of the feedback that he provided. Uh, and, I, and I won't say what it is, but what it was for those that would like to, uh, hopefully, if, they, if they're lucky enough to get that particular role. But uh, it was a very eye-opening experience for that particular person. And to this day, he still mentions the fact that what he what he experienced during the simulation uh, and he's not a doctor by trade but having a little medical office and interacting with people who were financially challenged uh, he found it to be very interesting wow so after the simulation ends then then what's next will will your team report out on on this event what's the next step well the first time we did this uh, we found that that Every, uh, virtually everyone that participated had a lot to say. Uh, they had a lot to, to kind of, I don't want to say vent about, but uh, I think the, the word is they had a lot to get off their chest mm -hmm. uh, because they were, the experience was very eye-opening for them and they really felt that it was important for them to, to share uh, along with everybody else who was there. Not in a way of suggesting, oh, I had so much fun, this is what I did but more of in a way of, I can't believe it could be like that. And, you know, is that really what it's like? Uh, almost a, a surprise, but at the same time, uh, humbled by it, uh, recognizing that, uh, yes, this is how it's like, uh, what it's like. And this is what uh, a lot of people are facing literally right now. Uh, and even as we are talking about it after a simulation, uh, the things that you interacted with and experienced people are feeling and dealing with right now here in this country. Uh, and in this instance, we'll be in San Diego. So right here in San Diego, uh, that's experience is happening right now. Uh, so uh, we will have a reporting out period. Uh, we discuss it immediately afterwards. Uh, and we will be spending some time over the course of that day uh, at receptions and other, other activities uh, talking about uh, and, and giving people an opportunity to express some of their thoughts. Uh, we found that a lot, quite a few people were very eager to do that, and in some cases really needed to. So uh, you won't find a shortage of people willing to share what their experience was after the simulation. And that's in the short term. So in the, in the longer term, uh, what, what benefits or how will you be using this experience? 
Well, we, the main goal uh, that I think has always existed for the simulation was to encourage regulators and people who participate uh, to be sensitive and make sure that they are aware of and keep it in front of mind uh, what the experiences of consumers are on a regular basis. And perhaps more importantly, as you engage with uh, within the utility industry in whichever role uh, you come from, uh, that you take with you uh, an understanding that your choices the, of all levels will ultimately have an impact on your neighbors and citizens of the state that you're in and the country that you live in. And all of those citizens aren't able to weather it as easily as others. And so it's important to keep that in mind. And so we really hope that everybody is able to take that away. Now, there really isn't a report that we put together. There's no analysis or, or, or we may conduct a survey, but, but there isn't anything that, uh, that uh, is left for people to read. Uh, it's really more for people to uh, feel the experience directly and take it with them, not as a, a document to read, but as an experience that they've actually had where they can hopefully understand that it was a real thing, uh, even for that few moments of time that they experienced it. Okay. So what else would you like us to know either about the poverty simulation or about uh, your, your committee, the work that you all are doing? Uh, well, I would encourage uh, anyone to, to, first of all, I think every commission in the state should at least have a representative of, the, of their technical staff on the consumer and public interest staff committee. Uh, even if as a commission, you found yourself stretched with a different, many different opportunities to be a part of NARU, uh, and you haven't found your way to the Consumer Public Interest Committee, and I understand. Right? I think that, uh, I personally think it's a committee that's, that's critically important. It certainly is one that is relevant to every commission in the country. Uh, so uh, I think that everybody should be a part of it. Uh, I think a good way to start is to participate in the poverty simulation. Uh, it's coming up. It's free. Uh, we will be at NARUC and, and several other committees uh, including uh, the Water Committee and the Supplier and Workforce Diversity Task Force uh, have also uh, co-sponsored this with us. And so they're actually providing time from their agenda uh, for this uh, uh, simulation to go forward. Uh, so uh, we've, we've got the entire day on Sunday uh, and we'd encourage you to join us and uh, share in the experience. Uh, there's, it's free. We only do it once a year in the summer. Uh, so if you miss this one, you won't see it again until next summer. Uh, so uh, make sure you make the time. Uh, come in a little early if you're flying in from wherever you're flying in from uh, and uh, join us for an important event. And before we go, Commissioner Linton, uh, I want to uh, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss this and taking uh, this leadership role on our committee, and, and also just to remind folks a little bit about your, your background, because you have a very unique background in that you've worked on the, on the utility side, you've uh, worked as a staffer at the, at the commission before becoming uh, one of the commissioners. So can you talk a little bit about those experiences? Sure. I was uh, I actually started in the industry uh, as a meter here. 
uh, and for, for public service, electric and gas in New Jersey, uh, many moons ago. Uh, and during that time, I had an opportunity to, that was really my first time, not only working in the industry, but uh, having the chance to see directly what uh, utility experience was like day to day for consumers. Uh, I, I've shared a story before of how I showed up at a customer's home to read their meter uh, and their service had just been disconnected. And I, at the time, did not know uh, because I was traveling along on my, re my meter reading route. I didn't know that the service had been disconnected. It was disconnected for non-payment. So there wasn't anything I could do about it. I had no training or equipment to try and reconnect service. But I was a representative of the utility. So, and I was the first one that showed up uh, or was available after the service had been denied. Uh, this was a summer afternoon uh, in a fairly congested residential neighborhood. Uh, so uh, the consumers in that property were home and they were not pleased with the fact that their service was off and here I am on the steps. So there's a lot more to the story. Suffice to say, I was able to sneak away without getting into any difficulty, but uh, there is, it's an important, it was an important experience for me because I had a chance to see firsthand what it was like uh, when a consumer was in that moment where financially they were unable to resolve an outstanding debt with the utility and the collection process played in its course. Uh, and the consumers now had to do something. And I think that the simulation is something that helps to get people to that understanding that many consumers around the country and in our service territories are just a few moments away from that kind of circumstance. Uh, so I don't know if that's what brought me to engage in uh, other elements of the industry, but uh, along the way, I was able to work in the consumer uh, as a consumer counsel for Baltimore Gas and Electric Company. Uh, I started my own law firm uh, for three and a half years, and I represented consumers there, uh, as well as uh, deregulated marketers. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, I worked at the Maryland Public Service Commission uh, for nine years, uh, and I was in charge of their consumer affairs unit, uh, which uh, obviously remains active and engaged to this day. Uh, so all of that background is, is in various uh, ways of looking at the industry uh, has been instructive to me. And it's part of the reason why I think the, the poverty simulation is a, is a valuable tool, because a lot of the experiences that we simulate in the simulation, I saw consumers dealing with on a regular basis, but not only as a media reader and in my practice, uh, but while working in the Consumer Affairs Unit in Maryland. Uh, and Maryland is a fairly wealthy state, but even here we have many hundreds of thousands of people who are facing uh, financial challenges and income challenges on a regular basis. Uh, so I've had a chance to see that those are very real scenarios uh, and the poverty simulation does a good job of, of mimicking them uh, and giving our participants and our volunteers an opportunity to experience it in a very short manner. So I, I'm encouraging people to participate. I think it's, again, it's free. Uh, you'll get a chance to engage with members of the industry and other commissioners uh, in a way that you normally probably wouldn't. Uh, you may see them in roles that you wouldn't normally see them in. Uh, and it sounds like it's a very long, difficult 
and sobering experience. And in some ways, it kind of is. The poverty is not fun. Uh, but at the same time, uh, people will laugh. Uh, you will have a good time. Uh, and everybody who remembers it remembers the lessons that they learned, but they remember it from. And so you don't see people saying, oh, no, I won't go back because it was such a sad experience. That's not what your experience will be. Uh, it certainly will be eye-opening, uh, but you will walk out of there and appreciate the fact that you've had the experience. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want our listeners to know that if they want more information on the poverty simulation, to go to nehru.org and click on the link to the Summer Policy Summit where you can register for our Summer Policy Summit. And you can also register for the poverty simulation either as a volunteer or a participant. It is free to participate in the poverty simulation, but you must be registered as an attendee at the Nehru Summer Policy Summit. And finally, thank you once again, Commissioner Linton, for joining us today on the Nehru Power Walk. Thank you for having me. 